Boys and Ghouls, I'm Katie Toole. And I'm Sean Reedy. And this is Friday Night Frights. And this is... Another mini-sode. Another one. (laughs) Sean and I have literally just gotten back from seeing the new Candyman. Yes, we have. And we have not said one word to each other about it. We actually have not. We have not, which is (laughs) shocking. Because I'm sure we both have plenty of thoughts. Yes. So, Sean, what do you think? It was amazing. It was so good. It was like, like the original Candyman was incredible, mm-hmm. but I think that this kind of blew it out of the water a little bit, a little bit. Well, in a, in a different, but it's a different movie. It's a very different movie, but also like it, it, <laughs> it was more about like what it should have been about it all, all along. Yes. Which is why I think I liked it a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> but they also, it's almost in a, in a way because of the move the way the original movie was like it it made it even more impressive because not only was it about what it should have been about mm-hmm. but they also modernized it they did it, yes. because gentrification is real and it is a thing and it is definitely happening a lot faster over the course of the past three thirty years oh yeah since 92 yeah yeah like it just accelerated <laughs> right well i mean i think I mean, I don't really remember 1992 all that well, but like, uh, I remember it. For oh sure. yeah, you yeah. were. I was a I was wizened a, old toddler. Yes, <laughs> a total of barely one years old. I remember 92 like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, so I need to. I want to clarify something before we get into it, and I don't know if we want to leave this in or not. But okay. Um, so. And I feel like this is something that was potentially very obvious, but I, I want to make sure that I, I got it. Mm-hmm. So is it there, there are multiple Candymen? Yes. Okay. Because the first one was um, Sherman Fields, right? Was that, or no, Sherman Fields was the guy in the laundromat. Right. Sherman Fields was, no, no, the, the guy who owned the laundromat yeah. or the guy who came out of the wall in the laundromat? The guy who owned the laundromat. His name was William Burke. That's right. Sherman, Sherman Fields, Fields was the was the Candyman that he witnessed. Right, the guy who came out of the. Okay. Right. I just wanted to make sure that I like gathered that, and I was like, I feel like that was pretty much in your face. Like this is obviously a thing, but mm-hmm. it was just such a different take from the original movie, which I know is a spiritual successor, so it's not going to be exact. But I kind of like that. I do too. We were talking about Candyman as the sort of uh, as the trauma. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I feel like that's something that comes through in the first movie. Yes. That you can't, you can't sort of erase the trauma of this mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And, like, the idea that these traumas just keep happening. Mm-hmm. So that Candyman is just the sort of well into which all of this trauma falls. Right? right. And then it fills up and spills over. Mm-hmm. And you have another manifestation of Candyman. Right. So... <clears throat> I liked that. I liked that, like, I liked that the Candyman in this one, that Sherman Fields actually, like, did pass out candy to people. Right. Like, he actually was a Candyman. I love that, um, I love that they are playing the Candyman can at the beginning <laughs> of, I was like, yes! <laughs> because, like, that song gets stuck in my head every time I talk about this movie. Yes. Um... Yeah, so how can you not? How can you not? 
<laughs> and clearly they were like, how could you not? How could you not? <laughs> we're going to do this. Well, I mean, I feel like any time that Jordan Peele is involved in any capacity, mm-hmm. there's going to be awesome music choices. Yep. Right? Like, that's a that's sort of becoming his trademark very yeah. quickly. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know that that was his decision or whether that was, you know. That's true. But... I- he may have inspired it to some degree. Right. Like, I feel like that was at least the thought was that it would be in line with his with his films, the right. films that he's directed. Right. But it, that could have been Nia DaCosta's this could have been through and through. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, the direction of this film. Like, Nia fucking DaCosta. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> like. Nia. This movie is gorgeous. Yes. It's gorgeous. Like, I love the little... There There are all of these sequences with... And, I mean, we've heard me say this before because I think that I talked about it when we were talking about uh, Babadook, which actually, like, mm-hmm. this kind of reminded me of a little bit. A little bit. Like, yeah. the, just the animation sequences. Obviously, the story is completely different. Yes. Although, it's all, it's all about sublimated trauma. It is. Coming to the fore as a monster. Uh-huh. So, right. like, I guess maybe it's not totally different. But, um... There were all of these little, like, paper doll puppet shows that they mm-hmm. did throughout the whole thing. Right. And while I don't know narratively that they really did a great job of, like, tying in why these animation sequences were in paper cutouts, aesthetically, mm-hmm. they are references to specifically to high-profile black artists. Yes. One of them uh, <clears throat> is Aaron Douglas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a Harlem Renaissance painter. So, like, the 20s and the 30s. Um, he was a painter, mm-hmm. but he he has the this way of, like, layering his paintings mm-hmm. so that they are almost look two-dimensional, like they've been built up by paper cutouts. Right. And the figures in them tend to be silhouetted. Um, actually, I can show you. An example of his work and you know folks at home you can just google Aaron Douglas but like oh yeah yeah, yeah. can you see the resemblance between yeah, this and absolutely. what they did in the movie mm-hmm. um, and if anything maybe we can share it on our Instagram absolutely I can do that yeah we can we can go ahead and throw a, a couple of Aaron Douglas paintings up on the Instagram mm-hmm. um and then the other one is a more contemporary artist. Her name is Kara Walker, and she's still working. And she actually does paper cutouts. Okay. Um, but they're huge. Right. Like, here's an example of her work. That is, like, stunning. It, oh, yes. I mean, yeah. Kara Walker is, is <clears throat> absolutely brilliant. Um, so... Aaron Douglas's paintings were often about portraying African people and people of the as of the well, and people of the African um, diaspora mm-hmm. in sort of this like dignified way, mm-hmm. right? Kara Walker's painting or Kara Walker's paintings, Kara Walker's artworks mm-hmm. are often about um, racism and racial stereotypes, right? Right, so. The fact that they were doing the paper cutouts in these sort of um, 
that created these shadows and silhouettes that to anyone who had ever seen one would would immediately call to mind right aaron douglas or kara walker mm-hmm. especially given the fact that the focus character the protagonist of this story was an artist right right and grappling mm-hmm. with how to he is an artist who is grappling with how exactly to sufficiently portray racial trauma in his work yes right like mm-hmm. i think that's a there's a clear like thread line oh definitely there. um so i think that's why they use the paper cutouts but mm-hmm. i also just love it i love it whenever yeah. <laughs> it was beautifully done it was so so cool well and they, they like slightly explained it. They gave like a, at least they're like, here's what's happening in the very beginning. Because Billy was right. the one that was like doing them. Right. Yeah. Billy was playing with, with these paper, like puppets that he'd made. Right. Right. Ostensibly, I think the idea there is, is that he was playing with those because he didn't have a ton of money to buy actual toys. So he had to make these little puppets out of the newspaper. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, he was, he was playing cops and robbers with them. Yep. Which is like, was obviously a very sort of um, clear reference to what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. Where like this, this little black boy is playing this sort of cops and robbers puppet show. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he witnesses police violence. Right. Right. And and extrajudicial killing. Mm-hmm. So um yes, I think they do I think they do tie them in. I guess all I'm saying is that like without just there's nothing about Candyman as a legend that lends itself to paper cutouts. That's true. Right. Yeah. No, like absolutely. they were they they put those in for I think the the aesthetic reference to yeah. to black art. Mm-hmm. So um but it was super cool. Very pretty. I guess too like the the shadow puppet like the shadow puppet aspect of it where you have like the the actual object itself and then you have its not reflection, but like a secondary image, right? Which is you know similar to a reflection, right? Mm-hmm. A reflection or a shadow, they kind of have similar connotations. Yes. Um. So I think that's probably another reason is that they weren't just paper cutouts; they were shadow puppets. Right. Right. Um. But yeah, visually, just an absolutely stunning film. Yeah, they absolutely just killed the cinematography of this. Cinematography, the soundtrack, the mm-hmm. um. The script was was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just the production design in general. Yeah. Uh, I will warn you that they do this really very clever little thing at the very beginning of the film where all of the, <laughs> all of the um, logos for the studios are presented in mirror image, so they're backwards on the screen, and it freaked me the fuck out. Yep. So, like, <laughs> if you're the type of person where, like, for whom that would not be okay, just be forewarned. <laughs> I was like, "What's happening? What's wrong with the projector? Something's happening here." Why is it like backwards? This. I don't like it. I don't like it. Did they put the film in backwards? But as we know, they—it's likely not actual film. No, it's probably digital. It's digital. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how you could. I mean, maybe I guess if you—if something was wrong with the lens, that could still maybe. 
Yeah, it would probably be upside down before it It would probably be upside down before it was backwards. Yeah. Mirroring an image would be pretty hard, actually. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it it wigged me out. So I was like, what's happening? I was like, are we about to watch this movie backwards? (laughs) Just everything switched. (laughs) Everything's flipped. (laughs) Like, you have to watch this movie. Like, I mean, that would be dedication to imagery if you had to watch the fucking movie in a mirror for it to be backwards. (laughs) As soon as the, like, actual titles came up and it was like, you know, you could read it left to right. I was like, oh, thank God, because I would have gotten such a headache if all the writing <laughs> in this movie was backwards. Um, but yes, so as you may know, we decided that this doesn't really count as a spoiler. Yeah. Because, you know, if you look on the credits, his full name is mentioned. And if you know anything about the original movie, you're going to know who this is. Yes. But the focus of this film is Anthony McCoy. Mm-hmm. Anthony McCoy is the infant that was kidnapped by Candyman. Yes. And used yep. as a bargaining chip with Helen Lyle mm-hmm. in the original film. So obviously now this is, you know, 30 years later, he's all grown up now. Mm-hmm. And uh, his mother has lied to him about where he's from. Yep. So like clearly after the first film, um, Anne-Marie left Cabrini Green and really who could blame her? moved to a different housing project on the south side, mm-hmm. raised her son there, and never mentioned that they had ever lived in Cabrini Green. Nope. Right. And <clears throat> then, just sort of coincidentally, he moves into a condo complex that was built near the grounds mm-hmm. of the old Cabrini Green projects. Right. The Cabrini Green is gone. Yep. Um, the, well, at least the high-rises there are some, like, I do think that the, the like, townhouses that they were mm-hmm. at, you know, at some points in the movie, I do think those are real. Like, I think they're still there. but And right. they may, I guess, might have been part of the original complex. But, like, the big high-rises were torn down in yes. uh, the last of them in 2011. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, but all the, all the space around it, of course... One of the things that came up in the original movie was how close Cabrini Green was to the affluent part of town, mm-hmm. right? And so now the affluent part of town has swallowed Cabrini Green. Yes. Gentrification, right? right? Um, and there's, uh, there's a, co- a whole conversation about gentrification that the sort of four main characters have. Mm-hmm. Right. Four main characters being Anthony, mm-hmm. his girlfriend, Brianna, yep. who runs a gallery where mm-hmm. he shows his work or where he's going to show his work. Her brother, Troy, mm-hmm. and his boyfriend, Grady. Yes. Who is adorable and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> both him and Troy. They're both I mean, adorable they're both and adorable and hilarious. But like Troy has a much bigger part. I feel like they trot Grady on, have him say something funny and then put it away. Yeah. <laughs> He's in like three scenes, but he makes an impact. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but they really lean into the idea of Candyman as a manifestation of trauma, mm-hmm. which I really love. Like this has always kind of been my interpretation of Candyman, mm-hmm. right? And how you reconcile the idea of an innocent man who was unjustly killed with this this monster boogeyman who kills people and sheds innocent blood, right? And right. What is blood for if not for shedding, right? Like that attitude that it was actually right. created by the legend 
rather than a reflection of who Daniel Robitaille was when he was alive. Right. Right. And clearly that follows through in the person of Sherman Fields Mm -hmm. because he was harmless. Yes. Right. Like the entire, the entire thing is that he was innocent of the crime of which he was accused. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he was killed for no reason and then he became Candyman. Right. And as Candyman, he's still just as vicious. Right. As the old Candyman was. Mm-hmm. Even though we see him, we interact with him. Right. As, you know, a human. And you can tell that he's harmless and just a little sort of out of whack. Right. Like that there's right. there's something wrong with him. Um, well, and that was the same thing really with, with Daniel Robitaille. Like he... He was an innocent man that fell in love with a woman. Right. In the wrong time period. Mm-hmm. Like, because racism was even worse than it is now. And he, he was murdered because he ended up impregnating a white woman. Right. Yeah. Which was like, you know, the cardinal sin. Right. And I'm glad they did that. And I'm glad that they, I'm, I'm glad that they... expanded the idea of Candyman, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm also very glad that they threw in the whole, like, um, different people can be Candyman. Because when Mm -hmm. he first told that story of who Candyman was, and it wasn't Daniel Robitaille, I started to get real mad. I was like... (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry, this isn't the right story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I I know that the advertisements for this are are stating that it's a spiritual successor right but like also let's not erase let's not completely rewrite the mythology yeah like no 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 no. but i like it i like that they like updated the mythology yes um and and the idea that Candyman is the specter of a man whose life was cut short unjustly mm-hmm. by white terrorism, racist violence, and extrajudicial killing, mm-hmm. and that how many people that description could describe. Yep. Right? Like, mm-hmm. And I think that that's important because it would be easy if it was just Daniel Robitaille, mm-hmm. right? To be like, oh, well, this is just this one situation, right? right? What they're saying in the new movie is like, this is just this like throbbing undercurrent of trauma mm-hmm. that pervades this entire community right because this happens again and again and again mm-hmm. right um there's a there is at one point a rather eloquent metaphor made about a stain on a fabric that is then washed clean but the fabric is like slightly damaged from like both the stain and the scrubbing and if the stain happens in the same place again and again and again eventually the fabric will tear yep right so I liked it. Yeah, it was it was a nice uh, it was a nice change of pace from the original story, and I really I also really like that they and it, and it threw me for a second when they were like when um ooh, hold on it threw me for a second when Troy was telling Helen's story in the beginning. Yes, and I love the way that they did it. Because I'm like, this is how this is how urban legends 
exactly. come to be in a way. It's not it's, the same story. No. It's it's almost like a game of telephone. Like, mm-hmm. there are certain things that are going to change mm-hmm. through the years. And I love the way that they did it. Because a lot of the story was very similar to what actually happened. What actually happened. Right. But I love that later in the film, they actually address the actual occurrence of what the original plot essentially was right from the movie mm-hmm. um it was just oh god that was just so that was really really well done mm-hmm. um and i also love when they were doing because that's the first time that we really see the like paper cut out animation too yes except for at the beginning where the little at boy the is playing mm-hmm. but like where it actually cuts to like <clears throat> a whole separate visual yes right with this animated sequence and like I do love that when they show um Anthony's kidnapping Anthony of course is being told the story having no idea that he's the baby in the story right right um but when they show Anthony's kidnapping and they show like Anne Marie like um shaking herself on the crib like how similar to the actual yep. because like that's such a like moment of high drama Mm-hmm. In the film, in the original film, right? Right. Where she's just like keening and like, you know, whipping herself back and forth. And like, that was the one part of the animation that looked like they'd lifted it directly from yes. the old movie. And I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, so well done. So well done. Um, but yeah, there was that, there was that like sort of just slight changes in the story. Mm-hmm. That made Helen look scarier, of course. Right. Because she was the subject of this urban legend. Mm -hmm. But also, I think, a really good way to, like, pull the original film in Mm -hmm. without focusing too much on Helen Lyle. Yes. Right? Yep. Because, as we said during the last episode, the fact that this movie about, like, racism centered entirely on a white woman's experience, (laughs) like, to the point where... You don't see anything she doesn't see. Like, her point of view Mm -hmm. is so central that, like, when she blacks out, the screen goes black and you don't know what happened. Yep. Um, You know, kind of, kind of problematic. So, a little bit. (laughs) It's a good way to be like, this happened. Mm -hmm. We're going to acknowledge it. But now we're going to, like, we're going to recenter this story. Yes. Um, The other thing that I really appreciated is, is when they, they included white people in the film um they they had a modern um how do i say it i feel like it's not gonna be phrased properly um they almost had a modern view on white supremacy and the fact of like there are these there are so many white people out there that like they want equality but they still don't understand their and i say there is a as a white person, right. but they don't understand their supremacy. And even though you're trying to be an equal, there are still problematic situations that you are going to put yourself in. Right. Right. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that's true. Like, I think it, it comes through in, you know, well, I mean, we can even talk about that, like with Helen Lyle, like she, mm-hmm. on the surface, treated everyone in Cabrini Green with, with respect Mm -hmm. but at the same time she was studying them yes right and she was like over here Mm -hmm. and then she could go home to her nice safe condo right 
I mean, she couldn't because Candyman was after her. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 like, if the ghost had to actually been real, mm-hmm. and this had just been, you know, a grad student studying urban legends, she could have gone home to her nice, like, safe condo. Right. That was identical to Gabrina Green. Yep. And mm-hmm. you know, think of herself as not the problem. Right. Right. Which is, I think. Another smart thing of updating and modernizing the story and um, in such a way that Candyman kind of revolves through these different people. Mm -hmm. Because setting the sort of crime that created Candyman all the way back in 1890, like, is one of the things that tends to pop up. When, when white people deny that, like, racism still exists, right? Yes. Like, oh, it happened mm-hmm. so long ago. Right. It happened so long ago. As if it's not, like, still happening. As if it didn't happen in 1890 and then 1920 and then 1977 and then 1990 and, right, like... Right. And then right now. Yep. Um, I think the most prevalent, problematic example of not acknowledging white supremacy mm-hmm. is with Finley, Finley Stevens. The critic. Yes. Because when she's first introduced to... God, why am I blanking on everyone's names? When she's when she's first introduced to Anthony's art, mm-hmm. she's unimpressed. Right. She's like, oh, you're an artist. You're part of the reason why this area is gentrified. Right. Well, and, and I'm like... And- She's not one hundred percent wrong. Not entirely, <laughs> like, but you're missing is, you're missing a you step know, before that. We we certainly we certainly see, um, we certainly see in Detroit how like whole blocks have become artist collectives. Yes, and it's like oh, still like no place for the people who live there to live. So. Yep. <laughs> like, but but yeah, so like it's not it's not one hundred percent wrong, but like placing the blame. On the artists themselves, especially on a black artist, right. was like, come on. Ma'am. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> and then later, when... Once the murder happens and there's yes. big news and there's, like, fame to be gained right. by She's being like, associated with it. Right. She's like, oh, now I'm interested. Now I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Like, and because your work is so macabre... Right. When, like, it wasn't really... Right. Right. Um, I also loved the the moment just as someone who actually like has had interaction with the art world mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like in the contemporary art world it's like when the guy's like you know conventional painting is dead I'm glad that you put it in a storage room right. I was like dude <laughs> like, <laughs> also like, why are you such a douche about this because it's kind of accurate like, I mean, it's kind of an accurate, it's, it's, no, no, I'm not saying it's accurate like that, like you should put painting in a dark room. Right. I'm saying like, that is the attitude right. toward it. And, like, right. it's so, it, it rang so true to me. It's like, <laughs> like, read the room. Like, do you not know? Come on. Hello? Well, I think he did know. Like, I think that he knew. Oh yeah, no, he was, he was purposely he calling that, him out. Yeah. Right. He knew that though that was his work. Yeah. And he was just like messing with him because there was some sort of like, you know, very subtle hint that he wanted the girl 
Yeah. Right? Like, this character's only in two scenes, but, like, it's clear that, that he's kind of the... Um, he's playing the same role that the that the uh, the student did in the first movie, where it's, like, just yep. pops up and, like, this is a threat to my relationship. Yep. And then he goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in his case, we never get to the point where that relationship is actually upended. Right. Um, but... It's clear that that's part of the reason for the animosity between mm-hmm. him and Anthony. Right. Right. Oh, I will also say this. One of my favorite moments in the film was when Brianna opens a door that leads, like, to a dark stairwell down to, like, a... <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the camera angle is, like, from the bottom of the stairs looking up at her, and she just goes, nope, and closes the door. <laughs> I was like, yes, girl! <laughs> Do not go down there. Do not go down there. Duh. Um, that was, yeah, that was, <laughs> oh, that was wonderfully done. Mm-hmm. All in all, it was just an excellent horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was creepy as fuck. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Relevant. Mm-hmm. Like, everything you want. Yeah. Well acted. Mm-hmm. Brilliantly directed. Well written. The laundromat guy threw me for a loop a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, he threw me at first a little bit too, but it made sense. It did eventually, but I was like, wait. (laughs) What? (laughs) Are you just... What are you doing? Well, I mean, I guess it's it's the effect on the psyche of being near that type of violence as well. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, he wasn't the victim of violence himself. Mm Mm-hmm. But he witnessed it and he felt responsible for it. Right. And that clearly fucked him up. Yep. And fucked him up good. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Go see, so go see Candyman. Mm-hmm. The only other thing that I, that I would like, that I think we should address, and I don't want to say anything spoilery, uh-huh. but definitely sit through the credits. Oh, yeah. Sit through the credits. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they start to roll, you'll see that, like... You should sit there until the end and watch. Yeah, yeah. There is no after credit scene. There's not. That's not why we're telling the credits no. themselves. Yeah, are part of the story. Kind yep. Of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely sit through the credits. Yes. So yeah, go see Candyman. It mm-hmm. was excellent. Mm-hmm. Great, great entry into the series and a great sort of um, update to the series and a way to kind of bring it into the 21st century. Absolutely. Um, while staying true to the roots, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, next week we will be doing Don't Breathe as promised. See, I'm so excited. <laughs> I still haven't watched it, but I will <laughs> before we. I was gonna say I will. Episode. I will make sure that you have it in some fashion. Right. I own it, so you will borrow it. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, that works. Uh huh. <laughs> so until then, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Of course, follow us on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram at F and Frights Podcasts. And then, of course, on Twitter at F and Frights, po- F and Frights Pod. Um, we have a Facebook, Friday Night Frights. Our website is F and Frights Podcast.com. Of course, you can scream at us at, 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 of course, you can scream at us at scream at F and Frights Podcast.com if you want to let us know about anything that we've said that you want to correct us on, or if you just want to let us know things, if you want to. Do whatever you want to do. Just email us. It'd be great. 
Um, and then, of course, we have our Patreon, our Fright Club. Mm-hmm. And Katie, what is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is the past will always come back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how hard you try to bury it. It doesn't matter uh, if you, you know, tear down buildings. Mm-hmm. The history still is there. Especially if the history is repeating itself. Right. Yeah. The history, the blood in the soil is still there. Mm-hmm. And just because you decide not to talk about it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Exactly. And someone will always end up telling the story. Mm-hmm. And someone will always end up breaking the silence. Absolutely. And then what happens? All hell breaks loose. <laughs> Legends never die. Mm-hmm. Especially the candy. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed this Friday Night Bite. Join us next week for the big fright. But until then, sleep tight.